What's up, everybody? Welcome. This is Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. You know the show by now. We talk to early stage founders. We talk to investors. We talk to lawmakers, all looking to move this movement forward in the most professional way. So uh, this is kind of the way it works. My, my producer, he comes to me every day and says, you know, this is a new company. This is a hot person. This is a great story. And we talk through it. Uh, and some of them I get very excited about and some of them I don't. Uh, tonight's guest is 100% the former. Uh, when they told me what they were working on, I was so damn excited. It's been like maybe three or four weeks since we started talking about it. I'm so happy to have him here tonight. So uh, Jake and Crunchy, tell us what you're working on, please. You want to go, buddy? Okay, I'll take it away. Um, well, uh, we have Plus, which is our cannabis-infused gum. <clears throat> now, uh, the thing that's really interesting about Plus is the fact that we actually have a patented uh, terpene stripping process, and then the terpenes are then replaced with uh, other plant-based terpenes, and in this case, since it's a spearmint gum, spearmint. Uh, so you still get the entourage effect of the terpenes, but you get almost zero cannabis aroma and flavor actually zero aroma every once in a while there is a little bit of crossover but it's mostly because of the way people are interpreting the uh, menthol uh, terpenes so this is one of the big pluses with edibles in general right and with infused products is that they're sort of discreet mm -hmm. so like the three of us we smoke openly it's not an issue we live in san francisco uh, but many parts of the country even the state uh, being discreet is so important, and that's really what you've honed in on here, I think. Uh, yeah, I think we we tr we asked ourselves what are the elements of it one in a perfect edible, right? So that's discreet, low dosage, fast acting, low calorie, which mm. is missing from a lot, mm. um, and uh, all of those elements are available in Plus because it's a chewing gum. It's really easy to have one piece, and if you want to have another piece, you can pop another one right in. It kind of feels natural to have a chewing gum pack that you've had one or two pieces out of floating around in your bag. You don't have to worry about it melting or getting crushed or any of that sort of stuff. And it tastes great. Like that was, it took us a while to get the recipe right. We started in Colorado, moved here, or oh, us. It took a while for Crunchy to get the recipe right. <laughs> yeah, so here, tell me a little bit. You were there the whole time. I, was, I wasn't helping, though. You're the CEO, and you're the science, right? I think it's R&D is your title. Yeah, uh, I'm the brain. You really created A little it, bit of right? the broad. Like you, um, you're in the lab cooking up cannabis gum. Yeah, so actually it's interesting. Jake and I met, um, I was actually on a different podcast i was one of the hosts okay, cool <laughs> and our studio was on the second floor of a cannabis accelerator uh -huh. and jake had just moved to colorado and was renting office space so we we kind of met and uh it was funny he was like do you know how to make gum and i was like no but i think i can figure it out yeah so like that from that point forward we just literally for like a month and a half we were even just like always together just constantly grinding out on how to make gum and we went through so many different forms that were just not okay <laughs> until you know but the, the it's cool amazing how is, bad terrible gum tastes the, and just feels yeah like the flavor or the, no, the flavor was great or? it's always consistency like so like you'd have a sugar coating just be so thick and you like wouldn't quite get it to where it got crunchy got it. to where it would be like gum flavored caramel sticking to every surface of your mouth and uh, do you look at like try to find like the recipe for like wrigley or icebreakers or something i mean i'm sure it's hard to find but actually, essentially 
Yes. What what I did was I uh, have a couple friends. Uh, I've been a professional chef for a long time, so I have a couple friends in the food science you know areas of a lot of food manufacturing and processing companies. So I just asked them, basically, how do you guys make gum? Um, so once I took all the bad stuff we had completely messed up, and then all the information they could give me without making me sign a non-compete clause. Uh, basically, we worked it through and we had a pretty good prototype within like two months. Two months? Two months. That's pretty good. Well, we worked pretty much 24 hours a day. <laughs> we would stay all night at the, at the Cannabis Accelerator and like just put on Netflix and just try batches of gum <laughs> after batches of gum. So is this like a lab of any kind or we're just talking about a co-working space? Well, just it was like a co-working a... space that used to be like a really, really nice house. Mm. Uh, then it was broken up into offices and whatnot, but the kitchen was made for hosting large parties, which I had done a couple there. So I knew my way around the kitchen, had a lot of my own equipment in the kitchen, and I mean, I cook at a pretty high level to where I use a lot of chemistry in general. Mm. So I had- that called gastronomy? or uh, Molecular gastronomy. Molecular I, I do a lot of molecular gastronomy. Um, you know, I've had a lot of, you know, uh, experience with organic chemistry of all kinds so um, that's helped with the cooking but also making a product that mimics exactly what you're trying to find out with like an actual piece of chewing gum the the hardest part once we figured out that the the main issue that we were lacking was binding the cannabinoids to the elastomers in the gum okay we had to create a natural like uh, polymer that we could bind the cannabinoids to in a solution in order to make uh, a flavorless, odorless food additive. And that's actually what our patent's on. It's not on the gum. We can't patent gum. That would be ridiculous. Uh <laughs> but it'd be sweet so, if you yeah. could, right? <laughs> what, what Anybody have a patent on the wheel? <laughs> one of the, the things you'll notice sort of out there outside of the cannabis industry is there aren't many artisanal gum manufacturing companies. Because okay. gum's one of those few foods that you can't really scale down. If you're not producing it at a big scale and big tubs, it doesn't come out correctly. And so when we moved here, one of the biggest advantages of opening our factory was we could finally make the gum that we wanted to. And we're pretty happy with this stuff now. So you mentioned factory. How mm -hmm. long has that been happening? How big is this factory? I'm just picturing like Willy Wonka here. Uh, not quite yet. We're actually <laughs> working on that. Uh, we're, 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 we have actually outgrown our current space. Okay. Um, right now, uh, it's like uh, kind of a warehouse garage. Uh, it's, I'd say, 45 by 45. I mean, it's a decent sized space, yeah. but we also have a clean room that we built in the middle of it. So there's not a lot of walking around space on the outside and everything for the gum production and packaging has to be in the clean room. Mm -hmm. That way there's, you know, no hair. I mean, we wear Tyvek suits, respirators, goggles. Like it's like Breaking Bad. It's like Breaking Bad, no. but it's not illegal and it's not meth. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's in an air conditioned clean room. It's not an RV in the middle of the desert. Yeah. I don't have to yeah. worry about, you know, anybody sneaking in and trying to shoot me from a shards. Um, no concerns of that of any kind, right? I mean, we're still like semi-legal here, right? How do you guys true, feel about that? But I mean, the semi-legality has opened up a lot of crime, but I feel like, I mean, with if you look at the crime rates, there have been a lot more crimes, you know, in, in the cannabis industry because there's so much cash and product sitting around. If they really wanted to alleviate any of those issues, they would allow banking in the sure. cannabis industry. Yeah. 
it, nobody robs people who put their money in the bank. Right. Like it's just right. how it works. Yep. So you know, I think a lot of it, and this is a little candid, but I think a lot of it was designed to try to create a failure in the cannabis industry because now they're seeing it as not able to to fail we're we're making too much money the people who actually have professional wherewithal and business acumen are starting to take notice i mean we run an extremely professional top-down company we you know sourced all of our machines they're the same machines that the regular gum manufacturers use uh, our blisters and packages are custom made you can't slide the blisters out of the package that way all the warnings and every all the Take copy and everything that has to do with you know creating compliance within you know the slightly vague cannabis laws is there so we we designed it from the beginning to be overly compliant and with a nod to the future. A lot of people are being left behind, especially in California, because it's still a mom and pop operation and they cannot scale. We are already a manufacturer. We already have packaging. We, I mean, we use the same thing as all the big guys. Mm -hmm. So initially it Mostly was- Mostly because you have to, right? You well, can't create that I'm, small batch. Like, exactly, well, that's I, part of the problem with gum. Yeah. And one of the things I'm excited by is the new laws that were just passed yeah. and signed by Jerry Brown a few yeah. days ago. On the one hand, it's sad because I think it will make it harder for startups to enter the industry because you have to now be regulated by the health department. On the other hand, from the outset, we said we wouldn't ever want to produce a product that we didn't feel comfortable having ourselves. And you know, being cooked in a kitchen without even wearing food safe gloves or you know, let alone Tyvek suits and respirators and all the things that go into our manufacturing process, it's more scary to me. Um, and I think it'll be good for the industry as a whole as some of these regulations, especially around the what we pay attention to the manufacturing and edible side, mm -hmm. um, will be good. Well, it's certainly better for the end consumer. Absolutely. Well, especially if, if you're talking, you know, I, I felt like a large part of our, our market demographic outside of, you know, the people who just want a low-calorie edible, you know, the people who are actually using it for severe medical issues, um, people who are having you know, any kind of, you know, nausea associated with, you know, cancer treatment, uh, their, their immune system is so compromised that you have to take so many steps in order to give them something safe. And, you know, we have all the products that go into our gum tested at multiple labs. We have, you know, the, you know, any kind of cannabinoids that are going into it tested for pesticides, biological factors, you Who know. are using to do that test? Uh, we're using Steep Hill, oh, we're using CW. Hill. Shout out to Steep Hill, they've been on the show. Good, um, very good friends. Yeah, they, they, you know, and so, and we but use e this. Even then I wouldn't trust one lab. I think everybody who's responsible should use multiple labs yeah. because no matter the quality, um, just getting multiple opinions is more important, uh, yeah. especially as, you know, the entire industry is unregulated right now, which is scary um, as a consumer. As, you know, on our side, it makes things a little bit easier, but I'm excited for when those regulations come in. I agree. I think what we're trying to do also is be a part of that, you know, next class of cannabis business that we, we set the trend. We, you know, basically write the rules through our actions. You know, here's how it should be done. Now, we're not we, we're not forcing anything on anybody. We're just saying, here's a way you can make a safe product. You can follow it if you'd like, mm -hmm. but if you don't start soon, eventually you will be left behind with legislation. 
Um, so you're sort of open sourcing this product or this this process a little bit. Well, I mean, to use tech terms, right? It well, means. we're open sourcing a lot of our QA. You know, um, in terms of how you know, I have a large background in food safety. Um, you know, I've been executive chef of you know large corporations to where I have to audit kitchens constantly and figure out what the safest way to do everything is. So yeah, I mean, I, I would love to open source any kind of QA and like tech and spec on you know food safety, especially in regards to what things can create you know hostile environments just for cannabinoids. If you have highly alkaline or highly acidic environments in certain regards, you can convert your THC into CBD and vice versa, mm. which can lead to a lot of issues, especially if you're making a product for people who suffer from epilepsy. You want heavy CBD and less THC, but if over time on the shelf, your THC or CBD is turning into one or the other, nobody's getting the medicine they need. Mm -hmm. What we're trying to do is bring it up to a, a pharmacological level. We, we want it to be pharmaceutical grade. Everything should be done with the intention of this being medicine. Mm -hmm. I think we've fallen into this weird trend where everybody's like, oh, it's food with cannabis in it. No. It's cannabis with a delivery system around it. And we have created a much better delivery system. So to that point, looking looking at the box, uh, it's very nice packaging, by the way. I like this sort of target target practice okay. logo you got going on there. Uh, but anyway, it says very clearly, medical use only, not a food, right? Which is what you right. said. Mm -hmm. But if you flip it over on the back, we have nutrition facts. Indeed. Which is sort of conflicting in the food versus medicine question, right? True. The reason those were included, um, I have a few connections, again, in food testing uh, that actually do nutritional panels for the FDA. So whether we're classified as a nutraceutical or a food in the future? A nutraceutical. A nutraceutical. Never heard that. Okay. Um, so depending on who's regulating us, we're basically just trying to cover all our bases and show that you can actually get this stuff tested. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with what's in it. I mean, we could include just the ingredients, but I think it would be, I mean, as you can see, even in the actual ingredients, uh, like shield, you know, the CBD and the THC is listed in the ingredients. And it's, and it's not that different from a lot of other nutraceuticals, medicines you'll find, like fish oil um, that you can purchase. Lots of different vitamin shops, has nutrition facts on the back. Okay. Um, so, and it sits somewhere in between a food and a medicine. Yeah. And for us, the most important thing was that you know everything that's going into your body when you eat it. Mm. Because one of the problems with lots of edibles out there is they don't have nutrition facts. And if I'm eating a chocolate, I don't know what's gone into that chocolate because there's lots of different things that can go into it. And I think that everybody should know exactly what they're eating so that they can make a responsible decision about how they want to medicate. Mm. And, you know, without, you know, saying that we were, you know, trying to replicate gum, we wanted it to feel very natural to have this pack in your purse mm. to where any questions that somebody who is interested in the product could pretty much answer on their own by handling the product. Mm -hmm. It's it's supposed to be a very interactive box with the opening. Have you actually opened actually, it? Actually, let me show you how yeah, this works. Yeah, let's do it. You just push on the little button on the side. You push. Okay. There you go. Cool. And it kind of opens like a book. Cool. And on the inside, we've got you know some uh, crazy colors. Yes. Um, very nice. Not much description in there. Yeah. And then if you. But you do have. Uh, it's nice that you you give the dosage uh, again 
here on the inside, just so there's no confusion. Uh, 25 milligrams per each uh, piece of gum, mm -hmm. which is not an extremely heavy dose, but not light either. How, how do you come to that number? Well, so the reason we come to that number is it, it seems like a slightly excessive dose for a, a low dose edible, but with how your sublingual mucosal absorption actually works, you have a lot of cannabinoids that are absorbed but may not break the blood barrier. So with like 10 milligrams being consumed and actually being broken down, you know, digested, metabolized, you're getting not only that 10 milligrams but a lot of other, you know, cannabinoid metabolites, which leads to a lot of people's, you know, kind of negative, you know, uh, reactions to having edibles. Um, this also, no matter how many times you chew the gum, eventually all, there's not all the cannabinoids come out. It's about 2%, which is not a huge amount, but we want you to be able to get enough of a dose. Um, also with this product being... So just to clarify, mm -hmm. 25 milligrams in here mm -hmm. is not the same as 25 milligrams in a cookie. No, exactly. Not, it's not, not at all. all. One of the big differences is whereas a cookie or a chocolate will take an hour to an hour and a half to kick in, sometimes even two or three hours, you'll start feeling this in five to 10 minutes, full onsets within an hour. So well, that's certainly a plus. It's a huge plus. Pun intended. And uh, we, you may have to end up having more cannabinoids, uh, but we're around the same price range of what something would be with a lower with a lower cannabinoid content. And because it's a gum, it's really natural if you feel like, hey, maybe this hasn't hit me enough, or you can pop out an, pop out another piece, put it in your mouth, just like naturally like chewing another piece of gum. And if you take it out of your mouth, you'll stop getting more high. I see. Whereas you can't really do that with a chocolate unless you feel like throwing up. Which is really cool about this because we've even had people who are testing it, they'll be chewing it, and then they'll want to eat something, mm -hmm. and then they'll it won't be done because the, the cannabinoids are directly related to the flavor with the gum. That was just, a, I felt like it was a good natural cue when the flavor's gone, so are the cannabinoids. You don't have to remember a certain time limit, you have to time yourself. You can just notice if the flavor's gone. Um, so, you know, if it's not gone, you can stick it to the side of your plate or whatever. I mean, people have even stuck it back into the blister it was yeah. in. <laughs> And so then they eat their food or, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do whatever they want and then take that piece that may be half done and still finish it. We're going to try some plus one gum here. Very exciting stuff. Thanks you for uh, bringing the samples. My job is really tough. And um, mm. got that kind of nice spearmint flavor here. Consistency seems, seems consistent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? What should I... Yeah, so first, what should I notice at here? First, you feel an outer crunchy layer. Mm -hmm. It's a chiclet, so it's like a hard gum. Mm -hmm. You should recognize it. It's got a bit of a medicine-y taste to it, um, and that's you know sort of the wrapping around, keeping the ingredients inside intact. And I mean, you're the science guy; you can explain this. So the, than I can. the it tastes nothing like cannabis. We can start there. Exactly, hundred percent like gum. Yeah. The thing is, like, if you actually breathe a little through your nose with your mouth open, you can actually kind of recognize a cannabis feeling just because of your retro olfactory system. Mm. But you can't really taste Sort it. of like I'm taking a hit of something. Yeah, but it's not really... Mm. It's just because the terpenes... I mean, the reason cannabis has such a wide variety of flavors and aromas is because it has the capacity to create terpenes that, you know, 
limonene, limonene, um, you know, pinene, like all these things that, you know, other plants produce, you know, in droves, but without the complete spectrum control. Mm -hmm. So as long as you can replace the terpenes in cannabis with a terpene from another plant source, you still get the entourage effect. You still get the cannabinoids being carried into your system and a lot of the benefits of having the terpenes and terpenoids with the cannabinoids. So, you know, and also since they're bound to the cannabinoids, the flavor again, it, it is a direct cue to when the cannabinoids, when you should stop chewing because everybody's mouth's a little bit different. You absorb things differently. You know, some people make more saliva. The other thing you'll notice is no cotton mouth. Mm. Mm. Um, so, so how's it taste? It tastes exactly like gum. Mm-hmm. It tastes like spearmint gum. Good. How does it feel? That, Mouthfeel fills your whole mouth? Yeah. No, it feels like I'm chewing a piece of gum, right? You said five minutes. I'd start feeling it. So yeah. I've been chewing about a minute. So you're mm-hmm. on the clock here. Okay. Perfect. Like, no, I'm just kidding. No, that's... No, actually... We, we need feedback <laughs> yeah. because everybody's different. So like some people, like it depends on what you've eaten, especially if you've had like a fatty food recently, you'll have less of an absorption because mm-hmm. you'll have a layer of lipids in your mouth that blocking the cannabinoids. Effect, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that'll take longer because of the enzymatic response in your saliva doesn't do well with fats. It does well with like starches and things like that and sugars. And that's why, you know, we use pure birch xylitol in the gum. So, I mean, technically even cleans your teeth. It's, um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Size-wise, so one of the advantages we found of this size, because we tried out a few different ones, was that it's a perfect size where it doesn't feel like you're having less than a piece of gum. But if you wanted to, having two of these pieces doesn't feel like you'd be Wouldn't overloading be your mouth. Yeah. And so we call that the Goldilocks size. Mm. And <laughs> it took us a while to get there, um, but I think we found it. Mm-hmm. So if I feel start feeling it at five minutes, mm-hmm. when is the uh, all of the psychoactive portion sort of chewed out if you will. So on average, um, you're going to start to feel within five minutes because that's when you're at about 30% absorption. That's when you're getting to, you know, right around 10 milligrams. Okay. Then as you go up, it's kind of, it's kind of a curve that falls off. You get, you know, 60% absorption within 10 minutes, and then you get about 90% within 15 minutes. After that, the flavor goes away, and a lot of the cannabinoids are still trapped in the gum base, and you have to continually expose that surface and, area. And what if I swallow it? If you swallow it, you'll have an extended release, and you'll be, it'll be like more of a stone from smoking, you'll notice if you, you know, once you start feeling it. If you swallow it, you'll get an extended release, and it'll be like an edible, but it'll just be with the tail end, so it won't be an uncomfortable too like high kind of thing. a very low dose. Exactly, mm-hmm. because only you know four to five milligrams will be left. Now, I've always heard this uh, this rumor that gum takes like seven years to pass through your system, right? And you like can't shit it out or something. Is is that true? Nope. Nope. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> as I can attest to from uh, testing a lot of gum. <laughs> as of late <laughs> comes right you're out you're comes good. right out got it right out. got it so the other thing that i'm fascinated by edibles mm-hmm. is you have a date on here manufactured on october 1st 2015 yep. is that any way tied to an expiration date or like what's the shelf life of this um the shelf life of this over a year over a year you know mean, we know it lasts at least how long have we been in business four or four, four months. months but we haven't been able to test it longer than sure. that. Gum has the advantage of being a really long-lasting shelf product already. Yeah. Um, plus, the outside coating really seals it in. And since we have, since 
all the packages are kept in a sterile environment. They're packaged in a sterile environment. The gum's kept in a sterile environment. Once we package it, I mean, we get, we take the packages to the lab. They pop it out in a sterile environment and test the gum. Like okay. we don't take it in a different container. We take the exact same stuff that we're going to sell in random packs. Whole, yeah. mm -hmm. And then, you know, we, you know, spray it down with a couple disinfectants. They pop it through and then they test it that way. And we've returned zero on all the bacteriological scans. Um, so essentially over a year, the problem is it wouldn't be unsafe after that. It would probably just taste like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and as, as a consumer, yeah. it, you know, it stays in a sterile environment while it's in your bag, which is really important. Got it. Because the blisters. You know, it's mm -hmm. really hard to keep a chocolate bar from rubbing over everything, melting, destroying stuff. Gum kind of naturally fits in there. I mean, this package is designed so that if you push on it on different sides, the blisters don't pop. Mm. Okay. Uh, but cannabis does degrade at, at some mm -hmm. point, right? So maybe if it tastes like shit, is it also less potent at at a year or the, I mean I know you don't have the data yet the time it would take for cannabinoids to change especially in an anaerobic environment um, with I mean with the coating that goes on it you know the the cannabinoids are in the gum base and also in the coating so there's a gum base with the kind of slow release which is like 50% of it and then the rest is so you get the quick release effect in the in the shell uh, the outside shell is inert. It's xylitol and, and titanium dioxide to make it white. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's very hard for UV light to penetrate it. And UV light and oxygen is what degrades THC and most cannabinoids at a much more rapid rate. In an anaerobic environment, you're talking, you know, five years before you start seeing kind of degradation. And it would be such little degradation that I don't think it would be noticeable. But... If we still have gum after five years, we're not doing our jobs. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and hopefully the consumer doesn't have it after five years either. They, hopefully not. They've chewed it, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, let's talk about the business side a little bit here. Sure. Uh, you know, you've talked about labs and how you're creating this new product and everything. And that all just sounds a little expensive to me. Uh, are you raising money? Good question. We raised a $300,000 round from friends and family. Which is a hell of a friends and family round, by the we, way. I don't know who your friends and family are, but I want I want to talk to them. We're just really lovable. Uh, <laughs> I, I noticed that. Yeah. I mean, your name is Crunchy. I know, exactly. Do you want to tell that story real quick? You're Crunchy Crunchington. Crunchy Crunchington. Okay, so the weird thing is, so Crunchy is because I was, I was a professional chef for 16 years. I am like covered in burns all over my arms and stuff. I even got a couple on my tummy. Um, <laughs> and even, actually, I used to have a 16-inch mohawk that burnt down middle of service Whoa. great um so people would always be like it's crunchy your real name crunchy your real name so then i came up with crunchington because they'd be like why and be like oh my last name's crunchington so everybody just calls me crunchy because i got sick of explaining it to drunk people at bars got it so you know and it just sort of stuck it stuck i got it when i was like 15 with a couple different accidents i had in kitchens okay and i hated it and then after a while, everybody's gonna call it, call you what you what you hate anyway. Yeah. So you know you kind of gotta just own it. And I was like, fuck it, I'll be crunchy. You want to talk about uh, going into investor meetings, which is fun, talking to somebody. Hell yeah. The, oh. The guy, like, <laughs> I'm gonna come meet you with a guy named Crunchy, and we're gonna talk to you about cannabis. And the investor's like, oh, really? I don't really think it's a good idea. But um, once we put the product in front of them and they tried yeah. some, it was like, oh, this is different than anything I've ever tried before. Mm -hmm. And 
that I think was why we were able to get a big round. Well, and it's also really funny with like the whole crunchy thing because like we'll go, you know, we'll we'll go talk to investors or we'll talk to anybody, mm-hmm. and they were like, "This is crunchy," and then you know, some guy would be like. So Jake, you're the chemist, huh? <laughs> I'm like, actually, no, oh, I'm the that's guy hilarious. Who science. Crunchy. <laughs> that's hilarious. Wow. So they just stereotype you from the beginning. Oh, I Absolutely. would. I mean, you a, would too. Yeah, I'm all knuckle tattoos and crazy shoes. Like, I get it. But, yeah, but that's how chefs are, right? But I also read lots of books yeah, and, like, you know, do What's a lot a of work. Uh, <laughs> it's like a magazine, but you can hit a squirrel but it's longer, with it. Right? <laughs> Cool. So you raised the 330, 300? 300. 300. Congratulations. When was that? Uh, June. June? July? No, it was June. Okay. June. So you guys are in pretty good shape currently. Yeah, we're doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, We we got a decent amount left. Um, We're hiring for growth positions. Okay. Need to get our gum out in the streets. Took, you know, building a factory is a considerable investment. Like I said earlier, one of the problems with gum versus other things is you can't really make it at small scale. Yep. If you want it to be good, you have to make it at large scale. But we are, I think, in a good position now. Mm-hmm. We are in the middle of launching in the Bay Area with a few dispensaries that are going to carry us, and we're always looking to add more. Um, and I'm excited for the company. Yeah, as you should be. And what's the price point on here? I mean, is there a MSRP? Is that like a, a thing? Or Yeah. Twenty-five dollars. Twenty-five dollars. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, you know, it's twenty-five dollars for one hundred and fifty milligrams of THC, yeah. and you know, it thirty milligrams of CBD. And how much will you sell it to a dispensary for? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Around here, we found most dispensaries are between seventy and one hundred percent markup. Uh, in Colorado, some of them were less, but it was a more mature market out there. So that's around. Twelve fifty. It, it really fifteen bucks a pack. So yeah. the the pricing for dispensaries really depends. It's twelve fifty to about fourteen dollars, and that's based on if we're eating sales tax in this transaction. It's based on the taxation of the municipality. So twenty five is our MSRP, and we work within that structure with each you know basic municipality. That's that's really where it, it, it gets its structure from in each area. Just because some people have much higher taxes, some people don't have as many taxes. Taxes are passed on to, you know, the collective. So a lot of that is, you know, just trying to navigate this really vague and very strange legal field of different islands of different rules. One of one of the really important things to us though is to control that price at the dispensaries that consumers are paying. We want it to be the same everywhere because we think it's really important that people have access to high-quality medicine at an affordable affordable price. And how do you do that? How do you ensure that it stays consistent? We are picky about who will let carry our gum. You know, if somebody, if a dispensary doesn't really seem to be following the rules or listening to their suppliers, they're not the kind of people we want to work with. That's bold. I respect that. But pretty idealistic for an early-stage startup, no? We're idealistic men <laughs> with yeah. idealistic beards. Yeah. <laughs> the beard game is on it a is. point. Right I think well, we find with most of the dispensaries that we talk to that we are filling a niche that is why we created it in the first place. There aren't that many low-calorie edibles that don't involve a lot of sugar or a lot of fat um, and act quickly. And everything is very strongly branded towards a male demographic, which if you're not looking for a black and gold item... Um, it's hard to find something on the shelves that makes you feel comfortable. Or with a cartoon wizard. Right. Or something, you know, something that you feel comfortable taking out of your bag and you're not going to get pestered with a bunch of questions about what is that. Something that doesn't feel and sure. look illegal. I mean, if you didn't read this, you would have no idea it was cannabis, right? I mean, it does say it several places, right? But 
yeah, if I pulled this out of my bag, no one would say anything to me at work or any exactly. other. Hopefully they'd say, that looks like an awesome pack. What is that? Right. But yeah. That's it. True story. Can I have one? Yeah, right. exactly. That's, uh, that's kind of the funny thing about gum, too, which may be an awesome growth channel for you guys. Is like, anytime you pull out gum, everybody wants gum. Exactly. Right? Not to mention, it makes sense. Like, especially for people who, you know, a lot of their friends have, you know, recommendations. I mean... We, we both have a recommendation. If I'm somewhere that has something that he likes, I'll be like, hey, man, do you want me to pick this up for you? And he'd be like, yeah, which makes it nice because even if you just get a pack of gum and somebody's like, oh, man, I really need something, you can pop out a couple of pieces and be like, here, you know, that'll hold you over till you get there. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's easy. It's easy to share. It's easy. It's right. easy to bring around and throw in your pocket, too. Cool. So you raised that 300 earlier in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long is that going to last you? When are you going to look to raise money? I think we're going to raise, or I know we're going to raise money, <laughs> second quarter next year. Okay. Um, we're starting to talk to a few people about it. Uh, we have no commitments. We aren't quite sure of the size of the round, but we're excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things we're looking for right now is to prove that not only is it a product that we think is great, but that the market thinks is great as well. And how do you quantify that? You know, what's what's your lead metric for Q2? It's a few things. One is sales. Um, the other is feedback. So we have a survey for those that we give out sample packs. Um, and really, it's uh, consistency, I think, will be the most important thing to us in our next round. If we can demonstrate that we can build a company that can produce a higher quality product as we scale, that each time we add a larger factory, you know, a few more machines are product quality increases i think that's the most attractive thing investors have found well especially if we can grow at the rate that we want to a a lot of our processes get automated Mm -hmm. which is very nice Mm -hmm. um it actually leads to a lot more uh consistency i mean as as good as i am i'm no robot and so that's that's a really interesting thing. As we grow, we can just go buy the huge machines that everybody else uses for, you know, kneading the gum base. And, you know, I mean, the, the best part about this, when we started, we cut all the pieces of gum by hand. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, an average run is 3,600 pieces of gum. Wow. So, you know. 500 packs. That's a lot of give work. Give or take with some loss, you know. That's a lot of work. Yeah. So, you know, you chuck on. But that's just, what it's all about, right? You yeah. got to do things that don't scale in an effort to scale. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that's all fascinating. I'll get you guys out of here on a couple fun questions. My favorite part of the show. Uh, what kind of cannabis do you like? If you're not chewing gum, what are you smoking? How do you smoke? You know, what, what kind of uh, enthusiast are you? Um... I'm an all-around cannabis enthusiast. Um, edibles, gum, now that it's available through Plus. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I smoke. Um, I shouldn't smoke blunts. smoke blunts all the time. I mean, I grew up in North Miami. i got to give a nod What's, to what's your division of, like, pipes, bongs, joints? Um, you know, you what's can your... just see what I tossed out of my pockets. There's a pipe that matches my shoes. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I smoke a ton of joints. Uh, probably... I don't know, two and a half feet of joints a day. Uh, two and a half feet. Yeah. Is that how we just in papers? You mean? Well, yeah, like you know, if you yeah. lined them end to end, two and a half feet of joints. Got it. Um, I've never heard that. That's, that's I'm, I'm original. It's a hell of a KPI. Though. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, but I, pretty much any way I can put it in my body, I love it. Keeps me keeps me even. Keeps me going. Um, you know, that's like when you ask somebody what kind of music they like, and they're like, I like every kind of music. 
Like, you fucking bullshit. You know, I know, I know, man. <laughs> no, but, like, the thing is, like, there's certain, like, like, I'm not really about, like, bongs so much. Like, okay. uh, like if I'm dabbing, like, of course I want to draw through water, but, you know, I don't really feel the need for a big old water pipe. And, like, it, it I, I'm not 12 anymore. Like, I'm, I just don't give a shit about a bong. You know, I have a pipe because it's convenient. convenient. I can't drive a stick shift and roll a joint. Uh, that's what the officer told me. Uh, <laughs> and, and Jake, how about you? How about in the vaping side, or are you into the? You seem a little more subtle, maybe. I'm way more subtle. So, like, my maybe. consumption is probably a fiftieth of crunchies, right? Yeah. Um, which doesn't say a lot. Just says his is really, really hot. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, mostly vaping. You know, I, I used to smoke a lot before I went to bed. I actually have found since we started this company, I almost exclusively chew gum. And that's probably why I had the idea for gum in the first place, because I wanted something that I could just carry on with me all the time. Because I'm pretty lazy when it comes to smoking. And the idea of, like, packing a bowl or putting stuff in a vape or rolling a joint or all of that's a lot harder than just chewing gum yeah well so. it's, it's so funny because like i kind of poke him with a sharp stick i'm like come on jake just smoke one of these joints with me today and he would be like all right fine i'll come out with you one time and you're like yeah i don't feel like a drug addict <laughs> amazing guys so what's next i mean you got the gum out what's the future of plus look like um insane yeah. uh i've got lots and lots of really crazy ideas um Without giving away too much, um, lasers. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, there, there, I, there's whole, so much stuff in the works. I think people haven't had the opportunity to really expand on what they can do with cannabis because everybody's been told it can only be done one way. And if you could really open your mind and apply a lot of these really new and interesting techniques and, you know, ex- actual you know, honest to God chemistry, you can really make some very interesting results. I mean, you know, the our additive, I mean, we're gonna be testing products, but it's a flavorless cannabis additive that you can basically put in almost anything. So I think that's our real advantage, right? Our patents on a flavorless, odorless food additive, which is why it doesn't taste like marijuana. Yep. And we can put that in a lot of different places. We're gonna focus mostly on alternative delivery mechanisms, things that are low calorie where you don't normally expect to have cannabis, but really ones that are better mechanisms than what's available on the market right now. Mm. You know, could we put our additive in a chocolate? Probably. Probably not where we're going to go next. Yeah, there's lots of chocolates in the world. And some of them are great and they're very useful for what they are, but why create another one of what everybody else is doing? And uh, are you considering licensing? Oh yeah, I mean we'll consider licensing. Because that's the way that I see the big play, right? Is if yeah. if you can get this patented, is it patented or patent pending? It's uh, patent pending. Patent it's patent pending, pending okay. but I mean, it's when you get it patented. Good. Yeah, uh, that's an enormous use case. Oh right? yeah, there's all the, yeah. Patent cost enough should go through. Yeah, cool. <laughs> well, on that, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, investors, enthusiasts. Uh, 60 minutes, you know, how would, check, how would they... Check out our website, uh-huh. plusgum.com. Email at us anytime, hi at plusgum.com. We have an 800 number right in the website. You can call it and get us, you know, get any founders actually right from the 800 number. You can talk with us directly in Slack. We're kind of easy to find. Cool. Yeah, That's we're really like accessible. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. Very accessible, just like the gum. Exactly. Well, we answer our phone 24 hours a day. 
Thanks for premiering the gum with us here today, guys. This is an IC exclusive. Yeah, thanks for having us. IC first. When you come out with the next product, please come back and uh, share that with us as well. And uh, I have the tough job of chewing the rest of this gum over the next uh, week or so. Maybe Uh, next three days. I'm not you, man. I mean, maybe I'll grow up to be crunchy, but keep eating your vegetables, stay in school. (laughs) (laughs) Crunchy, Jake. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, Great it's been be really here. fun. Pleasure. You guys are characters and clearly brilliant all at the same time. Thank you guys for watching and supporting independent media, and we'll see you next time.